Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks. And take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? Sack City, welcome in to another edition of the Fantasy Drive and the Sack City Podcast, presented by the Sack City Podcast. It is a beautiful September 20th morning here in the city. Uh, this episode is about to kick off. Uh, we've got a great show ahead of us. We are diving into the Monday Night Football beatdown of the Tennessee Titans from the Buffalo Bills. We're also recapping the Minnesota Vikings uh win over the philadelphia eagles and not to mention what or uh, the reverse reverse the philadelphia eagles defeating the minnesota vikings sorry you're so words disrespectful you're words so hard disrespectful. this morning words how, are how hard can you even say the beat down of the minnesota vikings like they got beat down like the tennessee titans got beat i mean it wasn't as bad but we'll get into it we'll get into it and of course later on we are giving you guys our fantasy uh our fantasy talk we are diving into aaron's week three fantasy rankings or week three waiver wire rankings, as well as some reactions to fantasy in week two. We've got a loaded show, but I want to kick things off. I know Aaron, I normally ask you how you're doing on these mornings, but I'm going to skip over that and just make a few Sac City announcements. Uh, welcome on our two new interns to the Sac City podcast. Uh, we've got two new interns, Tyler, I'm not going to go last names here. So I don't know if they want their personal identities to be, uh, <laughs> to be exposed although one of them is a pretty well-known person in in the sac city community uh so we have two new interns tyler who is helping us do all of our videos and our b-roll for our shows he's been already killing it his first day uh we also have bailey joining the team uh to basically run our twitter so we can stop being uh irrelevant on twitter and so we can bring some life um, to our Twitter game. So shout out Bailey, shout out Tyler for the work you guys have already done. And uh, we look forward to having you guys continue to uh, change the game with us here in the city. We've got big things coming this season uh, for the NFL. So we had to bring on some extra staff members to make sure that we give you guys the best product possible. 
Let's get into the Monday night football recaps here. We're going to kick things off with the Buffalo Bills absolutely shredding the Tennessee Titans 41 to 7. Aaron, you never got back. I don't know if you got back to me or not on this. What was my score prediction for this game? Um, I, oh, I, you know what? I did not get back to you on that. I honestly didn't care, so I didn't look. Well, I needed to know. Uh I'm sorry. I, I I decided I'll get back to you because I know you want to be right oh. for for uh, once in your life. But you actually did not have the score uh, I didn't over think forty. I, you had it I, thirty-five to fourteen. I didn't put a forty spot on this. No, you had thirty-five fourteen. To be honest, oh. I had the highest score for the Bills. I had thirty-eight. I no way. Them. Yes. I no just way. Them. Oh my god! You really want to do this with me? I could have swore I had a forty spot here, Vinny. You are never right. Okay, let's just let's be honest. So you trying to argue with me after I watched the show back four times to put these scores in, you're wrong, okay? AJ had it 34-24, you had it 35-14, and I had it 38-21. Damn it. The jabroni known as Dylan, he never gives us a score. Um, so he had Buffalo. That's a bummer. I thought I put I thought I set up 40 spot uh, for the Bills because this game was never close from Jump Street. It was not close. Josh well, Allen. OK, yeah, I guess from Jump Street because it started zero zero. It was close. Well, it started seven um, seven. Bills went down yeah. and scored. Titans went down and scored. And then that was. And then it was all downhill from there. So obviously, so we, so Bills, Titans, 41 to seven, Derrick Henry, a quiet day, 13 carries, 25 yards and a touchdown. Uh, it's what do you, you, you love to be right about things. And you're obviously scratching your little chinny chin chin because you think you were right about something. What do you, uh, I just love the stat. Like let's, 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 let's stop with all the, let's stop because you already, you already messed up where we wanted to go supposed to do morning headlines first you already skipped that oh yeah you don't pay oh, attention yeah. to the doc it's okay we'll do that before we do fantasy well, clips. Let's, it's it's fine well let's get right it. into it oh you did switch it you son of a bitch wait where is it hold no, on we didn't you switch did. it we talked okay. yeah i know but My listen bad. listen it doesn't matter let's get into the tennessee Titans because this is what we want to do anyways it's what we're most excited about titans fans where the hell are you at where are you at and specifically everybody that got on me I'm going to say it about Derrick Henry having a drop-off as he's getting older, coming off of injury, no outside weapons on the team. And now through two weeks, we are seeing the inefficiency of Derrick Henry. This is Derrick Henry when he doesn't go for 200 yards. This is Derrick Henry when they can't move the ball on offense. This is what he is. And this is why I tell people he is not a top running back in the NFL. This is why I tell people he's not a top fantasy player because there are too many games like this 13 carries for 25 yards and the only reason that has a relevant hey i got eight points or whatever is because fell into the end zone from the one yard line and that's great we it counts but that is something that is not as sustainable as somebody that's getting involved in the offense throughout um the fact of the matter is, is the tennessee titans are a bad football team and all of the titans fans that talk shit to Vinny for Tell them they're going six and 11 that talk shit to me for saying that one year wonders and they weren't really that good. And congratulations. You won some regular season games. Now you're eating crow and you're nowhere to be found. And very much similar to the Bengals fans. I'm asking you, where's that same energy? Where are you at on my YouTube page? Own up to it. Come and talk to us. Let us know what the problem is in Tennessee. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Uh, yeah. I, I, I went out and I, I went out to Titans fans. I, 
I went on our YouTube yesterday to make sure that they were still alive because, you know, I'm starting to get worried about them. We're about to file a missing persons report uh, for that game, though. But uh, either way, with all joking aside, uh, the Bills have been playing very good football after a week one. Uh, it's been this. I feel like it's the same story again from week one where the Bills just look like they're absolutely on fire. They continue it here against Tennessee Titans with this, obviously, this big score. Um, since the start of last season, here's a little fun fact for you guys. Since the start of last season, the Bills have three games where they have scored 40 points or more and forced four turnovers in those games. That's as many as the entire league combined. So no team is doing what the Buffalo Bills have been doing as of late. We know that they fell short last season when they got matched up against the Chiefs in the playoffs, but this team seems like they're picking up where they left off last year and they're just dominating and they're running through teams and running through players and running through games. It's, it's been uh, an incredible performance. What, what, what is the, what's going right with the Buffalo Bills? Like what, what's maybe different about this Buffalo Bills team that you're seeing this year that we might not have saw last year. That might be the difference maker in the end. I don't know that I'm not seeing anything. I don't know that I'm seeing anything different than what Buffalo was doing towards the end of last year, um, especially that playoff game with the Chiefs. I think you're talking about a team that is extremely talented and has arguably the best quarterback in football. And, and when you have that, when you have a guy like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, talked about it, you're able to change the dynamic of the game. And that's exactly what it is. This is not about um, overall what the Bills are able to do. This is ultimately about what Josh Allen is. Josh Allen is proving that he's able to take this team and take it to the next level. You have a lot of talent on defense. Obviously, we talk about those safeties being the best tandem in football. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, they got Matt Milano had a huge game, Von Miller. So they have a good defense. or without already um, Trenavious White. And, and you still, like, the defense is good, but Josh Allen is special. And that offense is special because of Josh Allen. Running game's not special. You know, I mean, you got, you got Devin Singletary. He's a nice player. Zach Moss, they fill in there. Stephon Diggs is obviously an elite wide receiver. But those other receivers are not special. They're just, got, they're just guys that do what they need to do. But Josh Allen makes that offense special because of what he's able to do. And that's always going to be a game changer in the NFL. And so this, to me, is a team that's just hungry. And you can see it. I, I, again, I'm going to go back to May when we did our May power rankings. In May, our early season power rankings. And I argue with you about putting them over the Rams. You wanted to keep the Rams still number one because they added Bobby Wagner. Yeah. I knew this was the best team in football because Josh Allen is hungry. That city is hungry. That organization is hungry. And to me, there is something special about the Buffalo Bills. here. They're the best team in football, have been since, I believe, the end of last season. Only thing, Kansas City Chiefs. If they can, they have to get over that hump. And I don't mean in the regular season. I mean, in the playoffs, they have to get over that hump. This to me is like Brady and Manning all over again. Manning was always dominant. You look at, you're like, man, these Colts teams are so good. They get to the playoffs. They would lose to Kansas City. They would lose, or they would lose to New England. In this case, it's Buffalo losing to Kansas City. So they have, I don't care about nothing else with Buffalo. They are going to win a ton of games. But when they go to the playoffs, and they match up against Kansas City, that's the one I want to see them win. They have a plus 55 score differential this season. They it's just they're, they're they haven't so punted good. in three of their last six games. And last <laughs> night they almost didn't punt again. Well, they and they and they punted and they forced a turnover like on yeah. the punt. 
Yeah. Like their, their one punt that they had, they forced a turnover. So, yeah. I mean, it's just good all around. Uh, Bailey drops this question here. Is Josh Allen the best player in the NFL, not just quarterback, but player in the NFL? Um, no. Uh, I will say again, I think the best player in the NFL is Aaron Donald from the position that he does it. Um, but I believe that Patrick Mahomes is still here and Josh Allen is right here. The only reason I'm going to say that is because you have to take into account postseason success. Regular season numbers are great. Justin Herbert has great regular season numbers. But it, it, you have to take into account postseason success. Josh, I mean, it's literally becoming... 1A, 1A.1. Like, uh, but the only reason I have Patrick Mahomes ahead of him still is because of the, again, he's got an MVP. He's got a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. He's got a Super Bowl ring. And he's got four straight AFC titles. That resume. It's hard to argue. And the talent is, is, is there with Josh Allen. And Josh Allen doesn't have any of it. So, yeah. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's close. It's an argument. If you want to talk about talent perspective, yeah, you could make it. And I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not going to go crazy over it. I get it. I get it. Uh, I gave, I know Josh Allen had a phenomenal game, but I did. And I don't know if I did this last week. I don't think I did. Pretty sure I gave Josh Allen the player of the game last week or Von Miller. I can't remember which one I did, uh, no, but this week it's it Josh Allen. Okay. Well this week I'm giving it to his counterpart who could have easily gotten last week, but gets it this week in Stefan Diggs, 14 targets, 12 receptions, 148 total yards and three touchdowns. It was the Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen connection all night long that we were seeing it was he had three receiving touchdowns it actually ties a monday night football record uh most receptions in the game in monday night football history uh is 14 and he was right up there with that right there close to that stefan diggs and josh allen what they're doing is incredible it's special and stefan diggs this i i feel like we're gonna end up going back and forth now with the player of the game for the buffalo bills being diggs and allen Diggs and Allen just because of how good they've been and it's it's just it's unbelievable what they have going on there best quarterback wide receiver duo in the league yeah yeah okay okay yeah you you have to because he's arguably the top quarterback he's probably two or one um and Stefan Diggs I'm gonna be honest I, I know I said Justin Jefferson was the best receiver in football and I still believe that um sadly who he has a quarterback but Stefan Diggs is arguably right up there with Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, um, you know, those guys, Cooper Cup, like th those guys, he's right there up there with, with those guys. Uh, if not top, like I'm telling you, man, this Stephon Diggs is a bad man. And he, it would not surprise me. Matter of fact, I think it's going to happen if he leads the league in receiving like he did a couple of years ago. Um, he is right. probably going to lead the league in receiving. Um, he's just that dynamic and they use him a ton. He's really, really good. He's he was really my wide receiver. Not, not. Just, I know we're talking fantasy later, and but he was my wide receiver two in the league entering this. Like he, like when I ranked my wide receivers, it was Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs one and two. And um, Stephon Diggs is truly proving that he is arguably the top dog uh, in the NFL. Let's pivot game. Let's pivot games here. We we already talked about the Tennessee Titans. We're already there. Uh, yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars are first place in the AFC South. That is uh, good news for me. Um, but the other game, the other Monday night football game that took place, it was the Philadelphia Eagles taking down the Minnesota Vikings 24 to seven, pushing Kirk Cousins record on Monday night football to two and 10. And those two wins or those two wins coming against the Chicago Bears. So if we're really counting things, it's 0 and 10 uh, against uh, or on Monday night football. Um, 
it was a great performance from pretty much the entire from both bat from both ends, uh, both sides of the ball for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts uh, was incredible in this game. He started the game ten for ten, uh, which was the highest was 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 most consecutive completions for him to start a game. He's been. I don't. I, I think Jalen Hurts has been incredible for the for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles to start the season um, in both the Lions game and this game. What are you seeing from him that makes him so special? Well, I thought I thought this game he played really well. Um, I told you I didn't. I wasn't overly impressed with him against Detroit because of the inaccuracy. He was accurate with the football in this one. He was decisive, and you saw the playmaking ability. I never doubt these things right here. I never doubt him in the out in the open with his legs, his ability. To, to make plays, even his arm strength. That's not what I, I doubt. I doubt his inability to put the ball into tight windows when defenses are actually better. And I don't, this game was so hard for me to watch because I didn't really know what to attribute. To. I didn't know if this was a Kirk Cousins Monday night football debacle, Minnesota showing their true identity on defense like I was worried about, um, and vice versa on the Eagles him. Um, or if it was Kirk Go Cousins, ahead. because he gave them three balls, like, right in their hands. It wasn't um, any scheme. It wasn't no – I mean, Darius Slay obviously was locking down. He threw it right to him. So I, I had a hard time kind of gauging this game. But Philadelphia dominated from start to finish. And if it wasn't for a blocked field goal, uh, a tipped interception uh, for from Jalen Hurts, this game's probably even worse. And Minnesota had chances to get back in it. Like, Philly kept giving them chances at 24-7. to to score a touchdown in their red zone and get back in the game. And Kirk Cousins kept turning the ball over. And to me, it was more about that than it was anything else. And so if, you know, if when I take victory laps, I, I, I enjoy it. I, where was the, where was the special offense that Kevin O'Connell was supposed to bring? That's... Against a defense in Philadelphia, who, yes, they were at home. Yes, they played better than they played week one against Detroit. But Detroit ran up and down the field on them. Yeah. And you're Minnesota, and you're supposed to have this dynamic well, that's, guy Cook and Thielen and Jefferson, and you couldn't do anything? That's where I was trying to go, going to go with this, is, 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 is this game, is this performance from the Philadelphia Eagles, or is this performance from the Minnesota Vikings offense more of a telling sign of what the Eagles defense can do or more of a sign of problems in Minnesota? Because we saw what the Minnesota Vikings offense did last week against the Packers defense that – we we consider one of the best in the league. So it's like which which Vikings offense is it? Is it and and then the and what worries me about this whole thing is that a new coach, new system, new everything and last season we saw this team come down to the wire and lose games and they just they could not finish games. I worry that now there's going to be an inconsistency problem. And obviously it's just 2 weeks in, but we can't really like it, there's still lots of football left, but you don't want to have these inconsistency problems, especially with an offense that is supposed to be the 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 key the the key to your victories here. Because we have thought their defense has been their weakness, and I mean, only allowing twenty four points to the Philadelphia Eagles is, I guess, good to say. But that's not. Their I mean, Jalen got shredded. Yeah, that first, Jalen their defense got shredded in that first half, and they kind of tapered it off. The running game was shredding them. Minnesota's defense looked bad. They got yeah. lucky in some circumstances, but. They did not look good at all yet. Yeah. Uh, so I, what, I think to your point, um, I, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know. Watching that game, I really could not tell 
but I knew they couldn't get off the field on third down. I knew they gave up almost, almost 500 yards of offense on defense. And despite all the talk about Zimmer and what he brings or what he doesn't bring, there's one thing that Mike Zimmer always had, and that he played at a pace that allowed Minnesota to be in football. And when you bring in an up-tempo type of guy, Kevin O'Connell, it, it, this is very much what happened to Cliff Kingsbury early in his with Arizona, is you bring this up-paced tempo, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, and you find yourself in three and outs a lot. And so you don't move the football. And so when you don't move the football, you give the other team the ball back, and they're in rhythm. So they go, and they go, and they go. And you do find yourself in more blowout games, more games that are decided by more points. And, yes, it's positive in some aspects, but in the other aspects, it's like this. Philly's the one who dominated this game. There is going to be inconsistencies with this team because Kirk Cousins himself is inconsistent. So I just – it's hard, but I, I just want to go back to what we were saying before, at least what I was saying before, is you can't just bring in a new coach who's, oh, we're going to spread the ball around, we're going to throw it all over the field and think it's just going to come together. Like, Kirk Cousins has to still throw the football. Look at the throws. These are all to the defender. These are all right. Bad throws, bad decisions, should not be thrown. And Kirk Cousins is used to this. Like, this is what Kirk Cousins does. I don't know if this is good Philly defense or bad Minnesota offense. I think it's a combination of both. But yeah. this is where I always say, like, I will wait till next week. How will Minnesota respond offensively? And how will Philly's defense respond? Because I've seen one good, one bad, and one good, one bad from their team. Um, so now we need more evidence, need more proof. Uh, but I was encouraged with Philadelphia's play. I think they're playing fairly well uh, on the defensive side of the ball in certain aspects and really well on the offensive side of the ball. So uh, Philadelphia definitely has some encouraging. Yeah, and I liked I, I almost gave the player of the game award to Darius Slay, but I, I didn't. I ended up giving it to someone else, but I wanted to bring up what Darius Slay did last night when he was locked up against uh, when he was matched up against Justin Jefferson. And I know that we talked about the the throws from Kirk Cousins were not that that great. And some of these plays were very easy to stop. Uh, but when you're guarding one of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receiver in the NFL, and you're only allowing one catch, you got two picks um, and targeted six times like that, that that's good. So shout out Darius Slay in this game. He, he was, he was, he was all over. We saw the interception earlier, this pick that he ran back. I mean, this is, this is Darius Slay. This is exactly why you went out and paid and not to mention they have James Bradbury on the other side. Like this is good to have Darius Slay here to make these plays, but my player of the game just went to Jalen Hurts. And then maybe this is chalk. Maybe this is easy, but I continue to be impressed with Jalen Hurts. I know you said he had the accuracy issues in week one. It looks like he fixed it or uh, is, is on the right track to fixing it here in week two against the, uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, 26 of 31, he had 11 carries 390 yards and three total touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. It was a great game for him and a great game for the Philadelphia Eagles as they defeat the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that does it for our Monday night football recap. Let's get into some morning headlines, followed up by the injury report, and we'll get into some fantasy talk. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. That's right, it's morning headlines time, and we kick things off with some news that broke just before we started this show. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have signed 
former Buffalo Bills wide receiver and former Cowboys wide receiver Cole Beasley with Mike Evans being suspended one game. I'm not sure that this is just like one of those things like, oh, we got to bring in Cole Beasley because Mike Evans is suspended. I think this has a lot more to do with the bang with how banged up a lot of these wide receivers are. Uh, so they bring in a little a consistent weapon uh, like Cole Beasley, who is going to be able to be uh a good, a reliable weapon for Tom Brady in this Buccaneers offense. I do want to go into that other part, though. Mike Evans was suspended one game after this this melee, I should say. It wasn't a brawl because there was really not many punches thrown. Um, but this little scuffle uh, with Lattimore from the Saints on Sunday, uh, Mike Evans now has been suspended. He is the only one who got suspended in this uh, from this altercation. He will miss uh, the Bucks Sunday matchup. Um, against the Green Bay Packers. Another news, the New York Giants sign linebacker Jalen Smith, former Cowboys linebacker. He now joins a team that's 2-0 right now. So maybe he maybe he actually gets some play. He, he, they signed him. He's right now on the practice squad. Could get elevated. We will see. Maybe he joins this Giants team and actually contributes. I remember last season when he got signed, I think by the Packers, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great ad. Then he didn't do anything. So maybe maybe something will happen here with the Giants and him. Um, in other news for the Kansas City Chiefs, they will be without Willie Gay, uh, linebacker Willie Gay, for the next four games. He has been suspended for a violation of the NFL's personal conduct policy. This stems from his January arrest for misdemeanor property damage after an argument with the mother of his son. So the Chiefs will be out without their linebacker for the next four games. And uh, a note that I did not know if I wanted to put in here, but Aaron sold me on it. Kyler Murray gets slapped around by a Raiders fan and the league will be investigating it after the win from the Las Vegas or from the Arizona Cardinals over the Raiders on Sunday. Kyler Murray was uh, dabbing it up with some Cardinal fans that nowhere. Good old, ah, just a little bit of, ah, Right on Kyler Murray. It was just it was That's a joke. not funny. Why are you making joke? Why are you making light of this situation? First of all, we've seen this before. It's, these fans are bold, man, because I tell you what, they know these players can't do anything. Let Ron Artest get hit in the face, and then you see what <laughs> happened when Ron Artest got hit with something. He beat the fans' ass, and, that, and it was a big-ass brawl. Um, fans are stupid, and I'll say it. Everybody, all the fans that are watching the show, don't be one of those stupid fans. Um, they're entitled. They think they have the right to put their hands on a player because they're mad their team lost or whatever, and he's going to celebrate with some other fans in the crowd. Uh, fan, fans, there has got to be something that can be done. And I don't know what the answer is. I'm not I'm not that smart uh, when it comes to, to the, the behavior of, of fans at sporting events because, honestly, it gets kind of old and it's kind of lame that you get – you get this kind of behavior. Um, Kyler Murray would be suspended for like six games if he if he were to have done anything back to that fan. Not, At least, not, I mean, not even not even just that. Like that fan then sues him for assault. Yeah. Like like any any you know. I mean, because that like didn't like something that the fan was saying or doing and decided to hit him, he'd be in jail and he would be paying hefty fines and. And our fans just get away with so much. They throw, I mean, this is not just about Kyler Murray. The other day, Dak's walking off the field injured. The fans are throwing trash at him, throwing shit at him at, from the stands. Like, we've seen it in basketball with Russell Westbrook and people talking about you know, murdering their family. Somebody put their hands on Chris Paul's mom. Like, the yeah. fans are ridiculous. And I'm, I, you know what I'm for? 
I say it's a free for all, man. I say fan puts their hand on a player, player has free reign to do whatever the hell yeah, he wants. I, I and wish I'm okay I, with that. I wish it was like that. I, I wish it was like that because people have to be um people have to be better. And that's like the, like that. That's way like you try to find a solution for it. It's just society has to be better. Fans have to be better. And it's just we're relying on something that it's hard to get. It's hard to get at this point. Man, it's entertainment. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is entertainment for the fan. It's yeah. a job for and them. He, if I walked exactly. into your job at the damn post office and slapped you in the face, how are you going to take that? Because you didn't deliver or maybe the, the mail was delivered two hours late. And I didn't like that it was delivered two hours late. So I slapped you because you. Delivered it to two hours late. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I, there's something that's got to be done. It's ridiculous. Honestly, it's kind of pathetic. And you're not yep. really a man. Yep. Let's get into the injury report. Uh, let's get into this injury report before we get into the fantasy football fantasy drive show. Um, our thoughts and prayers, first of all, go out to Dane Jackson of the Buffalo Bills. Scary injury last night. Um, something I definitely don't like to see. His neck was like bent all the way back. Um, there was some concerns. Maybe there was some, um, some long-lasting injury there. But he was able to walk out of the hospital last night following that scary injury. So thoughts and prayers are with him. Hopefully he can have a speedy recovery. And hopefully we get to see him back on the field. Uh, he was playing really well last night, by the way. So. Yeah. Um, we no major, no, no yeah, major, major injury to his neck or spinal cord. Sorry, I just I didn't put that in yeah. there, and I I just got a report for that. I felt like it would it needed to be brought up. It's good to good to hear. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep monitoring that. See when he can get back on the field. Um, Giants Leonard Williams suffered a sprained MCL on Sunday. Uh, there's no timetable for a return, but Brian Dable, uh, Bills, or I'm sorry, Giants coach said it could be or it's better than it could be. So um, so hopefully some encouraging things there. Maybe he can get back a little bit quicker. 49ers, more running back issues and more injury problems. Tyrion Davis-Price uh, missing a few weeks with the high ankle sprain he suffered during Sunday's game. Uh, well, Debo Samuel, get ready to come uh, run the ball a little bit more. You're <laughs> probably going to be having to do that uh, with all the injuries there. Uh, Trey Lance, same uh, same team, has successful surgery to repair a fractured fibula and some ligament damage in his ankle. Or, um, and so, look, he's out for the year. Uh, they expect a full recovery. Surgery was good. Uh, we'll have to see how long it takes him to get back. Uh, moving again and playing. Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys has a PCL issue. It's actually the same issue that bothered Zeke last year. It's unclear if he'll force him to miss some time. I mean, he's a slow tight end. If, if Zeke has a running back and play with it, you better get in the get, in get there your ass in there, Schultz. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's a torn PCL because I will tell you, I tore my PCL, and that ain't something I could run with. So um, that was bad. But maybe it's not completely torn, or maybe it's a sprain or something. Uh, Jerry Judy is day to day after dealing with the. Chest injury originally thought to be a shoulder injury. Uh, Pat Sertan is also day-to-day with that shoulder injury. Uh, looking, hopefully, to get them back this week. Browns already rule out Jadavian Clowney for Thursday's game against Pittsburgh. Um, and Chase Winovich and Jesse James. So those are all guys that are already out um, for Thursday. Uh, which, again, Thursday night preview. Pittsburgh and Cleveland division battle. Uh, two teams coming off of tough losses. One to Patriots and one to... Jets on a last second touchdown by Joe Flacco to Garrett Wilson. Uh, we'll have that Thursday night preview tomorrow. And also our Sac City Power Rankings come out tomorrow. So you're going to want to make sure you stay tuned for that. But now, time for my favorite show, The Fantasy Drive. 
Let's, Let's get, get into it. Let's get into our fantasy talk from week two and look ahead into week three. We've got waiver wires coming up in just a few moments, uh, but let's take a look back. And uh, Aaron, what were your week two takeaways from the fantasy football? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm sorry. We're going to we're going to do this because I feel like you would have done the same thing. Uh, I am happy to celebrate and not celebrate too much because I know it's during the regular season. Uh, but I did defeat you in the Sac City League. So uh, point one for the guy who started 0-4 last year, now starting 2-0. So I'm happy about that. We gotta keep pushing, gentlemen. We gotta keep pushing. Continue. Yeah, you did. You had Lamar Jackson. Um, I had Tua, so they kind of ca- canceled each other's out, which was a little tough. Cause you get a forty-point game from your quarterback. You're like, oh man, I got him in a good week. But we had each had one. Um, I'm pretty sure we both had guys that goosed us too. I think I, I think we both had guys that had zero points. Um, well, I, as well. I know I I know I had some bad uh, some bad plays. Obviously, uh, didn't get much from Jarvis or Thielen or. Uh, but no, I didn't have anybody that got me a zero, but Rashad no. Penny got me close to a zero. He only got me one. But it was a nice win for you. Um, congratulations. Uh, you know what I'm going to say. I don't know. Let me know when the season playoffs. Um, but yeah, so but week two is crazy because there's a lot of leagues. I was down in a lot of leagues by like 150 points going into Monday Night Football. And I had, you know, Jalen Hurts and or Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And there were a lot of leagues I almost came back in, but they took out Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs in the third quarter. Yep. And that, that, that hurt me so bad. Cause I would have came back in a league had Tennessee kept that game close and actually won, um, including our, our combined league where we were down like 200 points. We almost came all the way back. We needed Josh oh. Allen and, and Stephon Diggs to stay in the game and they did not. So, uh, but some of my takeaways are, I will say my first takeaway, the Miami Dolphins could have two top, and this might sound crazy, top seven fantasy wide receivers. Yeah. They could have two top seven fantasy wide receivers this year, Jalen Waddle and Tua Tagovailoa. And I don't know that we thought about that prior to the season. Um, I, I know people thought, you know, obviously Tyreek Hill, but Jalen Waddle. With the amount of them. They could end up both in the top seven. Uh, the wide receiver play. I mean, we, we said this before. There's so many wide receivers. So many wide receivers. This is why you needed good running backs. And I'll say it again. The running back depth is not there. It's just not there from week to week. It's hard to find the running backs that are going to produce. Um, those are my two biggest takeaways. Is continuing the wide receivers exploding. And then the, the running back depth is just not there. Yeah, no, I, I, that's, that's the thing is so, it is so tough. And like, it's funny because we're seeing such good wide receiver play and they're almost making up. Like if you, if you actually went wide receiver, wide receiver to start your draft and you ended up with like, cause I mean, if, if you think about it, you could have ended up with Justin Jefferson and maybe Stefan Diggs, or you could have ended up with, with a uh, Justin Jefferson or uh, Cooper cup. And uh, who, who was another wide receiver that had a big, that, what I'm, basically what I'm trying to say is if you went wide receiver, wide receiver, you're almost to that point where you're making up for the lack of production from the running back position, but you're seeing it though, that it's not quite it, that it's not quite there, but you're still able to get big points from wide receivers from later on games, like guys like Rashad Bateman, who had another great week this week. He's a player that I loved that. That's one of my biggest not necessarily takeaways, but I'm very excited and happy to see a guy that I was high on last year 
come out and break out this year as uh, Lamar Jackson's number one wide receiver. Aaron, what are some overreactions you're seeing from fantasy players this week that you're thinking, okay, pump the brakes on uh, either your player is doing great and you're like, okay, pump the brakes. He's not that great or a player's struggling and you're saying, okay, hold off yet because he's going to have some good weeks ahead. Um, you're not going to like this. I, 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 I'm not saying pump the brakes, but I think expectations should simmer down on guys you drafted later that you're like, oh, I got that league winner like a James Robinson. Um, and I'm, the only reason I'm saying that, James Robinson's going to be good this year. But James Robinson has been very touchdown dependent so far. Um, and we all know, like, yes, it could carry over. and Maybe he has a James Conner year. Maybe he has 16, 17 touchdowns. That's possible. But the likeliness is that it doesn't happen. And so I would temper expectations on if you did get that late round sleeper guy, that maybe you just need to say, okay, I got lucky like I, that nobody took him. I will, I'm going to use him, obviously, but I'm going to temper those expectations. Don't go out and trade one of your studs thinking James Robinson's now going to be your RB1. And then you're finding yourself, oh, no, now he's not an RB1. And you're, you know, you're searching for something. So um, I think that's, I think that's, one of my biggest things. And it's not just James Robinson. It's a couple of guys. Um, I'm also not panicking so much on Najee Harris. I know he didn't have the best week again on the ground. Um, and the first week he only had the touchdown. I'm not panicking too early on guys like that, that you spent high draft picks on. I do think that they, they will eventually it'll balance out. Um, I think the biggest overreactions that we have are, are weeks that people explode. So to attack of Iloa going to go for 40 points every week no guys i'm not saying that yes he's going to be explosive he's not going to go throw six touchdowns every week so don't go out and start trading your guys your good players that didn't have good weeks for two attack of iloa and then i also um caution people um to not get down on players such as like a saquon barkley after maybe a, a a not so great week after after a great week i think you still saw the usage was there look for things like snap percentage usage look for those things not necessarily the final total in, in the fantasy points that they put up uh before you start to make those decisions um chase Edmonds is another one of them like chase Edmonds and raheem Mostert kind of split time I, i'm not too worried about chase Edmonds. i still think that he's going to have productive weeks and eventually miami will get that running game and check downs out of the backfield going and he'll have some fantasy value there as a, as a running back two slash flex or kind of where we had him originally except for aj had him in the top 10 but yeah, that that was that was it. That was that. Yeah, that that happened. Um, let's let, let's go into let's shift into something that is a very similar topic. But uh, buying or selling some of these performances from week two that maybe it was a great performance and you think it's going to continue, or a bad performance that won't continue. I'm going to give you some specific players. We're going to go through it. I'm going to give you a, a a tough one and a funny one because on our fantasy show, I think it was our fantasy show on Sunday, you were like Tony Pollard is not going to be involved. The, the Cowboys have recognized it or should have recognized it. And Tony Pollard should not be involved. They were able to win on Sunday, pull off the upset against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and Tony Pollard was a big part of that. He ended up getting 19 points. Uh, he had 43, 43 rushing yards, four receptions, 55 yards. Um, he had a touchdown as well. Buy or sell Tony Pollard's production. Sell. So. I mean, from, from if you're if you're telling me, first of all, I never said Tony Pollard is never is, shouldn't never be involved. Um, I just said Tony Pollard is not a thing. Tony, Tony Pollard is not 
Tony Pollard well, is what he was last year. Like, and Sunday he was the thing. Yeah, but one week is is what he was last year. You pick a week. Yeah, you got lucky. You started Tony Pollard. Next week could be week one all over again. That's what I mean by when I say Tony Pollard is not a thing. We push so hard for somebody to take over a backfield and and be the guy, but Tony Pollard is reliant on big plays. He is no different than the same thing I feel about Travis Etienne. Like, can he be a flex play? Sure. That's what I he think is. It's a fair like, comparison. I think I, I, it's that's, a fair comparison. that's what they we, are, but they rely on on explosive plays. And if they don't get those explosive plays, then they're useless in your fantasy lineup. So again, I'm not saying there's no room for Tony Pollard to be on a fantasy football team, but I'm not the guy that's picking and choosing which week I'm starting that guy. I'm just not. And right now, the way, the lack of run game that the Cowboys have had, uh, including Zeke, by the way, you have to start debating whether you're playing any of those. You really do. Because if you have Zeke right now, he's not getting touchdowns, which he's going to be touchdown dependent because he doesn't get the pass work. And, and he doesn't have Dak to open up that offense like that. So you have to question whether you're actually going to play a guy like that. Um, so I'm, I'm not excited about the Dallas Cowboys backfield uh, in fantasy going forward, at least until Dak gets back and I, I see something that's going to get me back to that level again. 10 carries, 41 yards for Cordero Patterson this week. A tough week against the Los Angeles Rams. Last week, we were high on him. Um, this week, he kind of comes back down to earth. Uh, buy or sell this production from Cordero Patterson continues. Which side are you on again? I'm on the side of whatever Arthur Smith's going to decide to do. If Arthur Smith <laughs> says, you know what, we're going to go young and we're going to give the ball to Tyler Algier, then, yeah, you got to fade uh, Cordero Patterson. Because at the end of the day, he averaged four yards a carry which is still fine. The week one, he had 22 touches. And yeah. I think, I don't know what changed from week one to week two, other than maybe they're just like, Hey, he can't last. Uh, maybe he's banged up. And maybe that's true. Cause I did say that I worried about the long-term uh, effectiveness of getting 22 touches for Cordero Patterson. So I think it's somewhere in between. He's not going to get you what he got you week one, but I don't think he's going to be a dud. Like, So probably somewhere in between uh, week one and week two. All right. Let me give you two, two rookie wide receivers that had very good weeks. Garrett Wilson for the New York Jets had a big game, two touchdowns, 102 receiving yards. And Drake London of that of the same Atlanta of the Atlanta Falcons, um, eight receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Both good weeks in fantasy. Buying or selling of these two are going to be able to continue uh, playing good. Not obviously. I didn't hear that. Obviously, last what was the second name? Drake London. So Garrett Wilson and Drake London, two guys, very good week twos, obviously not asking if you think that they're going to be able to continue to give 25 plus points a game, but to be in this status of wide receiver two, wide receiver one range, somewhere around that position here. Um, I, I definitely think they can continue to have success. I don't think they're wide receiver ones or wide receiver twos just yet. Um, I think I, I like Drake London's volume. I like his opportunities there in Atlanta because they don't have a lot of, to go to, uh, but their offense will struggle at times. So I, I worry about that. Um, he could have some Kyle Pitts games where it's two catches for eight yards and never see him. Um, but I am, I am really excited about Garrett Wilson. I loved the target share. I love the explosiveness. I think you're going to see him get going here and, and kind of take over. He's on the field. Like, I, I, again, we talk about opportunity. They're behind, which is a big deal, right? They're behind on in games a lot, and he's on the field. He was on the field for, I, I believe, about 60% of the snaps as the wide receiver three, and that's early in the season. He's only going to continue for that percentage to go up. He only played 50% of the snaps in week one. 
That number went up to 60% this week. I expect that number to continue to increase when they start to realize what they have in Garrett Wilson. So I, I'm really a big fan of Garrett Wilson. I told you I thought he was the best receiver in this draft, and he's now showing it. Um, are, are either must starts? Are, are, are either must starts like you like put him in your no, lineup? No, because most teams. So most teams have wide receivers that are were drafted higher that are probably better. And just kind of put that into perspective. And I'll, this is kind of the running back wide receiver talk. When you look at point production just from week two for guys that had 15 points or more there was 25 wide receivers that had 15 points or more 15 good to a great game right for for a fantasy at the running back position there was nine and most or i'm sorry no yeah there were nine um that had 15 points or more so that's a huge gap the yeah. running back position it doesn't have the depth that wide receiver has there are going to be weeks where garrett wilson's wide receiver 25 with 15 points at the flex play or in a two wide receiver league or a three third wide receiver three. So start must start, not necessarily, but can you start them? Absolutely. Matchup based maybe. Uh, but I would also, you know, look what you have on your last, but certainly not least it's the wider receiver. one more for the wide receiver position. It's really, I'm going to clump these two guys together. Tyler Lockett had a great game for the Seattle Seahawks. DK Metcalf on the other hand did not. Are we just in, is that how it's going to be this season where you just start one of them? Hopefully you don't have both of them. You're not having to start both of them, but you just start one of them and just take your lumps. Or is there something that we should be doing with the, these guys or how, how should fantasy owners be viewing the, the, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. It's that. Are you frozen or are you, oh, you were frozen on that. Oh my goodness. You were frozen on this. You were frozen plugging your nose. And I, I wasn't plugging my were, nose. I was rubbing my eye. It, but it looked like you were plugging your nose in the, in the freeze frame. And I was like, okay, so we're plugging our nose and just hoping for the best. Like, no, 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 no. And no, just no, roll. No. I, I think it's easy to bench Tyler Lockett uh, because you probably drafted him late. You probably don't have – you probably have better receivers on your roster if you got Tyler Lockett on your team. And that inconsistency is going to allow you to put him on your bench. You're going to miss out on games like last week where he goes for 108 catches, whatever it is. Like, you're going to miss out on those, but then you're also going to be missing out on those two catches or 15-yard games, which you'll be happy about. Uh, DK is a lot harder to gauge and a lot harder to deal with. Um, I'm still okay with DK Metcalf, and I know this sounds crazy, and I know it's early. I tried to trade for him, and Bailey thinks I'm trying to get over on him. I don't know why, but, um, like, right now I see DK Metcalf as a wide receiver 2-3-ish. Um, that's not what I saw him at the beginning of the season. I thought he could still be, uh, but the explosive plays just are not there. But he's gotten seven targets and six targets. I'm okay with that. He had seven catches and four catches. I'm okay with that. Um, he's very Allen Robinson-esque Robinson right now. Touchdown yeah. dependent to have big days, but he will be, he'll still get some work. And so it's a wide receiver two, three for me for DK. And I know the numbers haven't been there thus far, and I'm okay with that. And I tried offering Allen Robinson for DK because I wanted the upside of a DK Metcalf. Um, but, you know, Bailey didn't like it. He said I was trying to get him cheap, and I'm like, okay. Well, ba Bailey is in full tilt mode after starting 0-2 in the sack league. Mr. Defending Champion coming out, talking all that shit is 0-2. Um, but I digress. He's pretty much in sell mode for his entire team. Uh, but that's our week two reactions. Let's pivot into our waiver claims here and, and tell everybody uh, – who we need to get, 
who we need to be looking out for. Nobody. That's a disclaimer. There's nobody on waivers. Okay. It's it's a tough week. You had to pick some, you had to pick some people uh, and you, you gave me a top five list, an ugly list as it may be. um, But who's your number five waiver wire ad this week? Look, I I will say that most of my waivers, you guys know, I don't put, um, I don't put quarterbacks on there because I feel like I play in a lot of two quarterback leagues. And if it's a one quarterback league, the top 12 are already on somebody's the top 18 are usually on somebody's team because you have to have backups. Uh, so I don't put quarterbacks on this list. So guys that are like, oh, why isn't Tua on this list? No, Tua not on this list because Tua but should already be on somebody's roster. If, if, if Tua is not on rosters, though, make sure you – like he's the number one ad. Go get him right now and don't look back. I mean, again, I don't know what fantasy leagues you're playing in, but Tua should already be on people's teams. No uh, argument you have to have a backup quarterback and can't get much worse than 24. Like you go 25 – 30 and I know two is not on that list with Tyree killing them boys. So, um, but my number five is Tyler Algier. Um, I, again, I do not love this list, but I did like that. He got 10 carries. Uh, whoa, that has audio. Um, that, so Tyler Algier against Seattle this, uh, this week. Um, I think the 49ers had some success running the football. I think Tyler Algier will be a, a, a decent ad. Um, and you're kind of hoping for the Atlanta to keep losing. And then you get Cordero Patterson, who's older, kind of phased out. Tyler Algier gets his chance to, to get in there and get some work. And again, when you're picking up these waiver wires, I do not think there's any league winners right now on the waiver. In your league, maybe there is. But at the ones that I'm saying, I don't think these are league winners. I think these are week to week. You're desperate. You have injuries. Uh, maybe you didn't draft any running backs and you're just searching for the one guy that might hit. Go out and get you some Tyler Algier. There you go. Number four on your list. Who you got? Oh, my goodness. This is such an ugly. Number four, I have Logan Thomas, a tight end. I normally don't put a lot of tight ends on this list either, but Logan Thomas is somebody that I think can be effective. Uh, Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders are throwing the ball a lot, Uh, and Logan Thomas had a touchdown last week. Back in the offense, he's recovered from that knee injury. Now you're another week in, um, and we're always searching for tight ends, right? We're always searching for somebody that can go get you a touchdown, catch you three or four balls for 40 yards, get in the end zone. And I think that's what um, uh, Logan Thomas can give you. Excuse me. And uh, again, dart throws each week at tight end if you didn't get the top guys. So one week it's Gasicki. One week it's, you know, who's that guy uh, with the Chargers? Well, lately with the Chargers, Gerald Everett, again, should be rostered uh, after last week. He's been balling. Uh, Uh, DeAndre Carter. Was that the what the wide receiver you're talking? You said the no, guy with I'm the Chargers. About, yeah, that's Gerald Everett. Oh, oh, that oh, I'm, oh, the, I'm oh, talking wow, about tight the, end. The disrespect. I'm, what the disrespect? Yeah. Gerald Everett is just that guy with the chart. I know you obviously figured out his name afterwards, but like you just referred to him initially as he that hasn't guy been anything in his career. Anything. The disrespect. Put some respect like, on I'm Gerald Everett. I'm talking about tight ends that can go out and, and maybe get you a week. Dawson Knox maybe one week will have a good week. Like those kind of players. Um, I think Logan Thomas fits that bill and, and could have could have some some long term sustained success as a as a low end tight end. Number four, yeah, number four this on my number, oh, number three, three. Number, number three. Number three. This one's gross. This so. one is so disgusting. It's Sammy Watkins. Um, mm. Internet freezes all at the best time, despite it being Sammy Watkins. Uh, Green Bay has to throw the football to somebody. 
And as long as he's healthy, Sammy Watkins will be on the field. Like, can't forget that Sammy Watkins was a very good football player in Buffalo. Um, he played, he's played so far 67 and 65% of the snaps. Um, he's going to be on the field. So why not take a chance when you got a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers? Um, take the chance on a Sammy Watkins. Give maybe you get a touchdown. Obviously, three for 93, 12 points there. That's that's flex worthy. I guarantee you're 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 somebody in your league that you had in your flex didn't score 12 points. And Sammy Watkins can do that for you. So um yeah, he's only gonna he's not gonna get very many targets and all that stuff. And but you never know. Gross. Give me Gross talent. Th- I always take talent. Yeah, he's he's bound to have maybe one more one more good week and then he's done. So get him now while he's hot. No, and no, then... no, no. It's healthy. It's about health with him. Healthy. I, I trust that he'll be a he could be a factor in fantasy. Get Sammy Watkins now. Wait till he pops off one more time and then trade him. Trade him. Trade Nobody's him. trading for Sammy Watkins. I don't care I don't if he know, has man. seven good games in a row. There's there's some stupid people out there that love what they did last week. So maybe we'll be able to, maybe that's a thing. Um, Okay. Next up, number two, who's on the list. Yeah. For me, number two is uh, these these could be interchangeable to be honest, because I'm not really sure where I wanted to go with it. Um, There's also another name that could be, but I'm assuming he was already handcuffed um, in Eno Benjamin. I'm taking Daryl Williams and Daryl Williams uh, with the Cardinals. The reason I'm taking Daryl Williams is the goal line touches. He split time with uh, Eno Benjamin, but he also had just as much work in the passing game. And we know what he's able to do in the passing game when he was with Kansas City. I know James Conner's injury is not supposed to be a long-term, but this is a guy I want on my bench. This is a guy that James Conner being injured week two scares me because it could linger. It could last a while, and I think um, it could happen again. And I think Darrell Williams being in that offense – it is the guy right now. And I, I know it could be Eno Benjamin just as easily. Um, you know how much I feel like about Eno Benjamin, but I think Eno Benjamin should have already been on rosters as a handcuff, very similar to Alexander Madison or, uh, or, or somebody like that. What? Daryl Williams. Remember? You don't remember? You don't remember? Remember what? I told everybody at the beginning of the season James Conner was going to get hurt. James Conner is going to be a bust this year. He's going to get hurt. And they brought in Daryl Williams for a reason. And you're That's already saying he's a bust now? I already – I said I said James Conner was going to be a bust at the beginning of the season. So it's and not he just scored right like now. 20 points in week one. And guess what? Now he's hurt, and that, ling- that injury is going to probably linger, and then you get poopy <laughs> so James So you're still Conner. hoping – you're still hoping you're right, but you're not right yet. I'm, I'm, st- I'm on the track of being right this season <laughs> about James Conner, which is what I want. Who comes in at number one for you? Yeah, another ugly one for me, number one. I forgot who uh, where I put it. Yep, there it is. Kobe Myers. Um, <laughs> That's it. That's it. This just, is the show. <laughs> he might be on a roster. He's only 8% owned. So, uh, yeah, I just think the New England's offense is not very good. and They're looking for playmakers. He's been, he's been decent. We're talking about a guy that's actually made some plays. And Jacoby Myers has been in this offense now. They trust him. They like what he's able to do. I think he's more of a – I think he's more of the target monster than any of those other guys, than Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. I think he's the one that gets peppered with targets. Not big play guy, um, not going to score many touchdowns, but dare I say Julian Edelman-esque um, Stop it. role when it comes to – 
you know, games like this, it, that could easily be seven catches for 65 yards. But that's 13 points in fantasy. That As a flex play, as somebody that you're finding on the waiver wire and you need a week on a bye week when they start coming up, uh, that could be somebody that's useful. So Jacoby Myers um, is my, my, my number. And those could have been flip-flopped. Again, in any, yeah. you're not finding league winners in this, this week in waivers. And if you are, then your fantasy league is probably whack because there should have already been on somebody's roster. It's been a tough, tough few. Uh, it's been a tough first two weeks for waivers. I, I mean, this I, is I feel I, like I, every last year, week is the same thing. I feel like every year in week one, week two, somebody blows their load of of the fab money on a player that they think is going to be the lead winner. I don't know that I've seen a player like that. I can't name one where I've seen an injury or a or something happen where oh my god, like everybody's running to the waiver wire to get. The closest yeah. probably was Jeff Wilson, and we all know Jeff Wilson's going to be hurt by week six. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it's I, I it, it's it, it's been I I have felt like it's been a weird because uh, last year I felt like I was behind on everything. Like I never actually took had the balls to go and spend money and and get my waiver claims, and I felt like that's something that hurt me. And then this year, I'm starting off the same way where I'm not as active in waivers, like as aggressive as I should say in waivers. And I'm like, man, I hope this is not. I'm not falling in the same uh, the rut I mean, that I, I don't. I haven't spent any dollars in my way, like my waiver budget. I don't spend anything in any of my leagues, like nothing really. And normally I'm the guy that spends his money. Like I'm out there week one. Let me spend it. What are your thoughts on the Bucks wide receivers at this point? No Mike Evans this week. Is it uh, Cole Beasley, Rashad Perriman, any, any of those guys interest well, no, you? Julio Jones might be back. Okay. That's fair. You, you just don't know. Like I'm not DFS plays. I will throw Rashad Perriman in my lineup all day long. Right. Because you're looking for that boomer bust. For a season long, hell no! I'm not trusting Brashad Perriman. No yeah, way. No, and and that's a, no that's the thing. When when you're and basically this is what you're saying. I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong. What you're saying is when you when you go for your waivers, unless you need a spot start, unless you need a spot start, and you're like, okay, half of my team. But there's no reason at this point in the season you should be at a spot start. Because the way you draft, unless you're Bailey and you're zero two, <laughs> also also correct. Um, but at this point in the season, you don't necessarily need a spot start. So, like when you're looking at the waivers, a guy like Cole Beasley, a guy like Rashad Perriman, those are spot starts if you need it. But again, you're not in that po- at that point yet. Spot starts are normally bye weeks or um, sp- uh, bye weeks or injuries or stuff like that. There really isn't a, a, a need. Value. Yeah, there's right value. now. Look for guys that could have some long term. I'd rather take. The backup running back to somebody. Instance, yep. James Conner might play this week, but I'd rather have Daryl Henderson, Daryl Williams. Uh, Williams on my on my bench. Pick him up, spend my money on him, then pick up Brashard Perriman. Who, even if you pick Brashard Perriman up, then you have to decide: Oh, am I going to play him over Justin Jefferson, um, DK Metcalf, and some third wide receiver that I have? I'm like, Which- are you going to? Which brings me to the last and final closing point on this episode. Don't don't overthink things, guys. If you got a stud, don't try and say, okay, we, we had our in our new our new intern, Tyler. We're gonna I'm gonna put you on blast early on in the show. He said he benched Aaron Jones this week for Rashad Penny. And uh I just that that's not okay. That's not a thing. Stop outsmarting yourself. Don't outsmart yourself, fantasy owners. If you you invest highly in these guys, 
you ride or die with them because you do not want to look like a fool and have Aaron Jones on your bench with Rashad Penny putting up one, one and a half points basically um, in your fantasy Especially league. Especially at the running back position because I can live with Aaron Jones having a bad game giving me one and a half points. Yeah. And know and I, that I put my best guy in the lineup. I can't live with, with Christian McCaffrey or Aaron Jones on my bench getting 30. Like that's yep. not okay. Uh, by the way, Christian McCaffrey was still the number five running back fantasy. He had a very good, he there had is a good week. He, he no good doubt. Week. Hey, there is no doubt. And I'm going to say this again. Zero doubt. Christian McCaffrey is the number one fantasy RB, RB in fantasy. No doubt. Zero doubt. Because the floor, the something floor like is that. insane. So, floor something is insane. like that. What do you mean? So, Who, who's better? Who has a better, who's better? Who's better? Name one. Jonathan Taylor? Nope. Because Jonathan Taylor has nine-point games, eight-point games. Christian well, McCaffrey does not. Christian McCaffrey's floor uh, is like true. 15. Well, Christian McCaffrey has zero-point games when he gets hurt. That's that's oh kind of what God. happens. That That's kind of what happens. But All I, I know is Christian McCaffrey has now had two bad games. They, two they, bad they, games. And both times scored 15 points. All right, all right, all right. We know how good Christian McCaffrey is, but we also know how good we are in this whole realm of sports shows, in this whole realm of shows in general. We the best, okay? And that does it for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow, live at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, um, giving you our week three power rankings and our preview of the Thursday night matchup between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms at the Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and the Tickety Talk. Uh, our social medias are back up and running. They're blowing up again. Shout out Bailey for helping us run that Twitter. Shout out Tyler for helping us get that B-roll for today. And in the future, we appreciate all the work that you guys do. Aaron, I appreciate the work that you do. But it is time to say goodbyes to all of our fans, to you, to me. Tomorrow's going to be a great show. But our rankings. Oh, yeah. Power ranks can get spicy. Maybe Tennessee at 32. I don't know. I hey, don't know. Maybe. Hey, hey. Miami. I, you, is, I, I can tell you two teams that are for sure dropping. Tennessee. And their fans are dropping. Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans. There you have it. Tune in tomorrow live at 10 a.m. Eastern time for our power rankings and our Thursday night preview. For my best friend, Aaron Mukes, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Good morning, Sac City. Thanks for following wherever you download your podcast. You want to see what this city has to offer? Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button for the best NFL content on the interwebs. Sac City, baby!